Welcome to Passion Life Church. Thanks for tuning in today. What a privilege. What a privilege to be able to be with you wherever you're watching this, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube. We'll be uploading this video to YouTube a little bit later. You can subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. It's Passion Life Church Marietta. Subscribe that to that and our this video will be uploaded a little bit later and uh, wow it's so excited to be with you this morning and what we're going to do is um, we're going to start a brand new series this this today entitled refuge and what i want to do is begin you know the the president has declared today a national day of prayer and so whether you're sitting at home in your pjs or doing the dishes with this on if you just take a moment and let's just pray let's pray for our nation let's pray for our neighborhoods our city our state and, uh, and let's believe that God is going to do something incredible that only He can do. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank You for Your presence, Lord, that fills our homes, our lives. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank You that no weapon that is being formed against us will prosper. Father, we thank You that You are with us, and greater are You that is in us than what is going on in this world today. But we thank You for Your presence. Power. Your word says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we rely on the power of God, the presence of God for protection. Father, we just pray that in Jesus' name, that by Jesus' stripes, any of anybody who is sick today can be healed. We believe in the miracle power of your healing power in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, well, amen. You know, today as, as we, we dive into God's Word, you know, I just want to encourage you to get your phone out, get your Bible out, and, um, and just follow along with us. Feel free to say amen to the TV, to talk to the TV. You know, um, ladies, feel free to say amen and talk to the TV. Guys do. When You know, when we're watching football, we talk to the TV all the time. We stand up. And so feel free to respond. You know, I'm just really excited because, you know, God's Spirit knows no distance. And although we're living in a time where they're asking gatherings to be less than 250 people, and many churches today have decided to, to really not congregate because of health concerns, hey, I, I understand that. But I just want to say that even though we're not uh, gathering together. We are the church, and the church is not a building. The church is a people. And so God's Word today is alive, it's powerful, and it can still, even just through technology, touch our lives today. I want to begin a brand new series called uh, Refuge. And uh, we're living in some interesting times, and uh, some would even say dangerous times. And however, you and I, as children of God, we have a supernatural refuge in these times. And I think when we talk about a supernatural refuge, we're going to be looking at Psalm 91. A lot of people really don't understand what this refuge is all about. So if you have your Bible, mobile device, if you would just look at Psalms 91, turn there. And in this series, here's what I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks, is that we're going to go through Psalm 91, and uh, I'm going to break it down in such a way that you can understand it. That way you can believe for these promises in your life. What's so interesting to me is how God's Word has promises that are so relevant even in the problems that we face today. As you know, our 
president this week has declared a national emergency, a state of national emergency because of the coronavirus. And when I think of emergencies happening, I always think about how important it is that when there is an emergency that you call the right person, you call the right place. Um, I called my doctor's office this week and they have this, um, this voicemail that right when you call, this voice record and answering prompt says this. It says, if this is an emergency, please hang up and you know the rest. Dial 911. Uh, you know, I think that's starting to be a trend now because I called my HOA this week, uh, my homeowners association, uh, to, we were going to have a meeting and different things there. And so I had called them and guess what? It's the same answering prompt. And it said this, if this is an emergency, hang up and dial 911. I, you know, I, I'm calling my, my HOA and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is interesting to me. Who in our area, in my homeowners association, is going through an emergency and they're calling the HOA? They're, they're calling the HOA instead of 911. I mean, think about it. You know, little Johnny, he, he's, he needs an ambulance. There's an emergency in the house and mom yells to the dad, hey, call an ambulance. And dad's like, no, I'm not calling 911. I'm gonna call my HOA, right? Isn't that hospital of the area? No, it's not hospital of the area, right? It's homeowners association. And you know, somebody in our area had to call the HOA for an emergency. That's why they're playing this voice recorded prompt that says, if this is an emergency, please hang up and call 911. And here's what I noticed about this this week when I called my doctor's office, when I called my HOA, is they're telling you right up front how to handle an emergency. Right up front, right up front, they're, set, they're letting you know this is the wrong place to call for help. You need to call 911. Let, let me say it this way. What they're really saying is the help you need, you won't find here in an emergency. And as believers, I think it's so important that we start looking in the right place to find help in our time of needs, in this time of emergency. And as we look at 911, as we look at Psalm 91, I thought this was very interesting. Did you ever notice in Psalm 91, verse one, look at this, it says, it, it, you can see the first numbers is 911. One. I think today, this is what we need to do. We need to dial up 911 and look what the Bible says. And I'm telling you, you may not have heard good news this week, but you're going to hear good news today from the Word of God. Let's read, and let's read the whole chapter. I think this would be awesome. Right where you're at, we're going to put it on the screen for you, but let's read it together. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so as we say it, let's let faith arise in our hearts. Psalm 91, verse 1. Let's read it together. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the 
per, uh, the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lies waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, honor him. Verse 16, and with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What I'm going to do today is I'm just going to break down the first couple of verses and then next week we'll continue. And I believe this is going to be an incredible blessing to your life. You know, verse one and two of Psalm 91, he's telling us there that there is a refuge there is a fortress that provides shelter from every type of evil. You know, when you read Psalm 91, it really is every type of evil. The terror by night, the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that walks in darkness. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. The destruction that lies waste at noonday. You know, when you look at Psalm 91, not only does it really cover every type of evil. It actually covers every type of time of the day, whether it be in the morning, noonday, at night, that we are completely covered. You may say, Phil, where is this refuge? I mean, this, this sounds great. I, I love it. I, I want to, where is this refuge? I need to get there. We need to get there. And let me say this, as a child of God, many of us, you're already there. You're already there. Verse two tells us what this refuge is, because really it's not a where, it's a who. Look at this, verse two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. So God is describing himself as the refuge, as the fortress. In other words, the refuge, the fortress is a person. It's a person, right? And so he's saying the Lord is our refuge. Can I encourage you today to let the Lord be your refuge? Let him be our refuge in this time. He wants to be our refuge. This is, he's calling himself our refuge. You know, the psalmist is saying this, and I want us to see this. The psalmist is saying this, it's the presence of the Lord that provides a protective place for God's people. I want to say it again. It's the Lord, it's his presence, the presence of the Lord that provides protective, a protective place for God's people. Now, 
In the Bible, there's many ways that the presence of God was displayed or described. If I were to say fire, a lot of people say, Lord, I, you know, I want the fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, when Moses went to the burning bush, it was, uh, it was on fire. And we can, that describes his presence. And there's actually other ways and that God displayed his presence. The, the wind, we know about the wind of the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about the former and latter rain, rain, wind, fire, right? We, we, we understand that he displays his presence that way. It's the visual way that we could see his, his presence. But in Psalm 91, what the psalmist is doing is he's giving us a vivid picture of one of the ways that God describes his presence. And one of the ways is a strong refuge, a strong refuge and a fortress. And this is what's so interesting to me. And I love this because so God's presence can move like a fire. It can move like rain, right? It can move like wind, right? So we have God's presence who is moving, but yet his presence is also immovable as a fortress or as a refuge. So we have a God who's moving, but yet immovable. And that's why we want to be in this refuge. We want to be in this fortress because when God is for you, no one can be against you. No one can move him, right? He, he is our fortress. And what I love about Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it tells us, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ, in God. So if you are a believer, a child of God, you ask Jesus to come inside your heart, you repented of your sins, Listen, Jesus comes in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to encourage us today. Not only is Jesus in me and I Christ in me, but I am also in Christ. What does that mean? I am hidden in Christ. Just like if you were in a refuge, if you were in a fortress or in a shelter, right? The Bible talks about the shelter of the Most High. That's really His presence. I'm in His presence and I am in Christ. So the other day when I went to Stater Brothers, right, and there's all chaos and, and so many people, it wasn't just Phil going to Stater Brothers. It was Jesus in me and Christ in me and I'm in Christ going to Stater Brothers. Why is that important? Because His presence in my life is like a fortress. That fortress gives me protection. The presence of God protects the people of God. Let me say that again. The presence of God protects the people of God. And you may say, Phil, but how can I see the presence of God? Why? Come on. What does this look like in everyday life? Because, you know, a lot of times we could think it's just some mystical thing. Well, let me tell you how we can see the presence of God. This is why Jesus clothed himself in flesh. Jesus clothed himself in flesh so we could have a real life example of the impact of God's presence on the earth. Right? Jesus was God's presence clothed in flesh for humanity to see. You want to know what the presence of God is like? Read the Gospels. Look what Jesus did. Read the book of Acts and we can see, right, what the Holy Spirit did. But I love looking at the person of Jesus, right? Because here's a question. When Jesus walked in the flesh on the earth, was there diseases in his day? Absolutely. They were actually contagious diseases when Jesus walked on the earth. And so here's the question. How did Jesus react 
to sickness and disease. Let me say it this way. How did the presence of God react to sickness and disease? Another question. How did sickness and disease react to the presence of God? See, one of the most contagious diseases in Jesus' time was leprosy. And people who were lepers, you could see it in their flesh. Leprosy eats skin. It eats skin to the point your limbs would fall off. So it was very, very visible. So you could see, like this virus that we're facing today, you can't see it. That's why Psalm 91 talks about the pestilence that walks in darkness. Meaning, someone could have this virus that they're saying now, and you, there's no visible signs. There's no, it walks in darkness. And yet, even though it walks in darkness, you and I are protected. But with leprosy, they quarantined the lepers because it was very contagious. And they actually were deemed unclean under the law. So if you were a leper, you had to actually yell, unclean, unclean, if somebody was coming near you. So they were quarantined away. And if you were to touch a leper, then you became unclean. But here's what I love about Jesus, right? Every time an unclean leper came into the presence of Jesus or encountered Jesus, Jesus didn't become unclean. Listen, Jesus didn't become unclean. The leper became clean. And so in the presence of Jesus, what was unclean became clean. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, please, my friends. Man, when in the presence of Jesus, what was unclean became clean. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? Bleeding for 12 years. She spent all her money on doctors. And the Bible says that she grew worse. By the law, she was unclean. But thank God that the presence of Jesus was passing by. Actually, to do a miracle for somebody else. But she knew, I've got to connect with the presence of Jesus. You know, one translation says that if she would have just, she kept telling herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garden, just one tassel, if I could touch that, I would be made whole. When she came in contact with the presence of the living God, Jesus Christ, Jesus did not become unclean. She became clean for the first time in 12 years. My church family, my friends, listen, the presence of God now is in you. It's in us as believers. 1 John 4, 4 says, because greater is he that is in us than this virus that's in the world. And I believe this is why the enemy is trying to separate us. He wants us to be hidden in our homes. Listen, you we don't need to be hidden in our homes. We're hidden in Christ. We're hidden in Christ. Listen, I'm all about, use wisdom. Come on, wash your hands. Some of us maybe even need to, come on, take a shower, somebody. You know, those are all good things. We need to use wisdom. You know, I don't get in my car and just pray for God to protect me. I put on my seatbelt. You know how many people's lives would have been spared in car accidents if they just would have used some wisdom <laughs> put on their seatbelt. So of course we use wisdom. But above that, I'm going to have faith in the presence of God. But the enemy is trying to get us, the children of God, the children of God who are carrying the presence of God. Come on. We are carriers of the presence of God. He is trying to get us to withdraw and he's trying to get us 
to be on the defensive. This is what fear will do. Fear always causes us to withdraw. It'll paralyze you. That's what fear will do. Faith is the opposite. Faith is aggressive. Faith, right, will keep you on the offense. That's what it does. But let me just say this. Fear, fear is contagious, but so is faith. And we need to be spreaders of faith. What are you spreading? Are you spreading fear or are you spreading faith? Because fear will cause you to do things that will make your fears come true, right? But faith will cause you to do things that allow miracles to happen in our life. You know, we need to be people of faith and not draw back. But the enemy wants us to draw back. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we are not here to be on the defensive to say, oh, you know, I just hope that I don't catch this virus. The opposite is true. As carriers of the presence of God, when the virus, sickness, or disease comes into your presence because you are hidden in Christ and Christ is in you, that virus has to die. That virus has to die. Can I just tell you this? The presence of God is not only a refuge, but has the power to reverse results. Let me say that again. The presence of God is not only a refuge, but it has the power to reverse results in people's lives. When people came in contact with Jesus, their life got better. Sickness had to flee in the name of Jesus. And I want to remind us today that you and I are carriers of the presence of God. I think this is a good time to shout. I think this is a good time to remind us that we're the salt and the light, that we should be praying for our neighbors. And I'll tell you what, the enemy wants us to withdraw and just think about ourselves. You know what we should be doing? We should be serving other people, texting other people, our friends, our neighbors. What an opportunity for us as a church to arise and be the church, asking people how they're doing, praying for people. That's who we are. We are the salt and the light. But you know what? The enemy wants us to put a blanket over ourselves. Who lights a lamp and then puts a blanket over it? You know, if we don't understand who we are and what we can do, we're going to withdraw in fear. But my, my friends, it's our faith in God that activates this promise of God. And God is saying to us today, I want my presence to be your protection. And His presence is our protection it is. Well, Phil, I want to abide. I, I want to be in this, in this protection. I want his presence to be my protection. How, how does this happen in my life? Well, look, verse one tells us it makes it very clear how this promise of protection is activated in your life. It's very, very simple. It's not hard. Verse one, Psalm 91 verse one, it says this, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. Let me say that again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I think there's a key here that will help us activate this promise, and that is the word he who dwells. You know, I looked up in the Hebrew, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and uh, the word dwells means this in the Hebrew it means to remain, to sit to abide, to settle. Many of you right now, 
as you're watching this, you may be sitting on your couch in your PJs or on the floor eating a bowl of cereal and uh, you're relaxing. You're watching me. I'm working. You're relaxing. That's not fair. But you know what? I'm ministering to you. You are in a place of rest. Sitting in the Bible always is representative of a place of rest, right? And here's, here's what we have to understand. When you're trusting in God, we're actually resting in God. Let me say that again. When we trust in God, we are actually resting in God. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 tells us, it says, I will say of the Lord. Now, how do you know if you're believing this and walking in this? Because what you're saying is you're saying of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress. Watch, here it goes. My God, in Him will I trust. So the people that are trusting in God more than they're trusting in getting a disease or virus, we are trusting in God you rest in the presence of God. That happens by faith. So today, even as I'm ministering to you, I believe that the Holy Spirit and His presence, right, is moving in your life. But let God do the work. We rest and trust in His presence. Look at what Psalm 91 verse 1 and 2 in the message says. It bears this out, this whole resting in God. The message translation says this, Psalms 91, you who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazard. See, we rest, we receive best in a position of rest. Did you ever read the story of Jesus and he was going to feed 5,000? The count there was 5,000 men, but we know that, that there was more people than that, women and children. And he got the two loaves and, uh, and the five fishes, and he prayed over them. But here's what he did. He told everybody before he distributed the food, listen, he told all of them, I want you to sit down. Why? But because we receive best in a position of rest, in a position of rest. And I want us to be in a position of rest by trusting in God's presence, right? Pastor Phil, come on, this, this, this is, how can I rest? There's so much going on. I need toilet paper. You know, I need water. I need all these things. Anybody have some toilet paper? Like, we are going cray-cray, right? How can I rest, right? Listen, we rest because every sickness and every disease has already been overcome in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Watch this. This is why we can rest. Look, the Bible says this in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. It says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken by God and afflicted. Verse 5, But He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. But really, it should be we were healed, because this happened thousands of years ago. Now, if I were to tell you today, 
Most people know that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for their sins. It tells us, right? Isaiah tells us that he died for our iniquities. It was our transgression. But you know what? Most people don't realize that when he died for our sins, he also died for our sicknesses. Whoo, that's good news, right? How do I know that? Well, the word in the Hebrew for griefs is this. He bore our griefs. Griefs means sicknesses and diseases. Sicknesses and diseases. Listen, grief also means this in the Hebrew, anxiety. Now watch this. People who have anxiety are not at rest. Oh, they're not at rest because, and I'll tell you why they're not at rest, because they think there's more work to do. I, you know, I, I got to do all this stuff. Listen, do what you can do, but let God, God do what only he can do, right? So they're not at rest and anxiety will tell you, right? Hey, there's more work to do. And many people, even God's children, many people are trying to redo what Jesus has already done. Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? I don't have to try to overcome sickness. I don't have to try to overcome disease. I don't have to try to overcome the coronavirus. Can I tell you why? Are you ready for this? Because the devil is a liar. The coronavirus was defeated over 2,000 years ago when Jesus bore and carried our griefs, our sicknesses and diseases. See, this virus, sickness and disease, was already defeated on the cross. Just like sin, right? He covered our sin, forgave us of our, our sin, right? We are, can be sin-free, living free, right? Because of what Jesus, on, uh, what Jesus did on the cross. But can I tell you this also? Today we can be free from sickness and disease because of the same very thing that Jesus did on the cross. He bore our sickness and disease. You know what bore means? It means he actually carried them. He carried them. Carried actually means this too, to lift up lift up. Now, I'm sure that many of you, like me, have envisioned Jesus on the cross, you know, and you envision him on the cross taking your sin, the sin of the world. But can I just encourage you for a moment? Can you close your eyes right where you're at and just have a vision of Jesus lifting sickness and disease, not only your sins, but sickness and disease off of your body in Jesus name and for you today it may not be the coronavirus maybe for you today it's cancer maybe for you today it's diabetes migraine headaches I want to tell you my friend Jesus carried them already on the cross they're already defeated that's why I can rest I don't have to try I don't have to strive I just believe and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage us today as I close, let's trust his presence to be our covering and our refuge. I want to remind you today, no matter where you go, you're covered, you're hidden in Christ. And wherever that coronavirus is, whether you come in contact with it or not, but if you do, that the presence of God is in you, and the presence of God takes what is unclean and makes it clean. And I want to remind us today, as the children of God, the light and the salt, let's carry that presence to people who are in fear. Let's fear not. Let's choose faith 
over fear. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment and I want to pray with you. You are covered in the name of Jesus. You know, maybe you're watching this and you never had a relationship with Jesus. If you were to be honest, you would say, you know, Phil, if I were to take my last breath here on earth, I don't know if I would be able to take my first breath in heaven. I'm not sure. Well, the good news, my friend, is you can be sure. Because it's not about what you did. Oh, yeah, we've all sinned, all of us. And, uh, but it's about what Jesus did on the cross. And if you can put your trust and your faith in the sacrifice that He did for you, if you would say today, you know, I'm ready for a new life. I want to repent. You know what repentance really means in the Greek? Metanoia means to change your mind. If today you'll change your mind about the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for you. I want to pray for you. And we're going to pray in faith. And whether you said this prayer, or maybe today is a good day to commit your life to Jesus Christ. He loves you. He's waiting. He wants to be your protection. These promises can be activated in your life today through faith. Let me pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everybody that's watching, either via Facebook or via YouTube. Lord, and I just thank you because you're such a good God. You love us. You want to be our shelter. You want to be our covering today. And Lord, I just lift up these people. Say this prayer with me. Say, Father God, just repeat after me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. God, today I repent. Jesus, come inside my heart. Make me new. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live for you. God bless you. I want to thank you today for tuning in. Listen, today I just want to remind all of us that um, we are the church. The needs of the church continue. Uh, listen, we'd love to hear from you. You can message us or email us at info at passionlifechurch.com. That's info at passionlifechurch.com. And you know, as we continue our ministry, listen, just because we're not in a physical building doesn't mean that our needs of the church uh, don't continue. The needs actually do continue. And I just want to encourage you. You know, a lot of times in these times, we just want to withdraw. Now is not the time to withdraw. I've been telling our church it's so important that we sow in every season of our life. And I want to give you an opportunity to sow into Passion Life Church. There's a couple of giving options. I'm going to put this on the screen. And uh, you can literally text PLC, Passion Life Church, PLC Marietta, to 77977. 77977. You can text PLC Marietta to 77977. You can also go online at passionlifechurch.com and there's other methods you can give. Some people like to give old school and give a check. Hey, that's great. Um, and it'll give you the address where you can send that. Or you can download our app. And uh, you can hear all of the messages of Passion Life Church. And I just want to encourage you, listen, don't withdraw today. Don't withdraw your giving. Let's sow in this season. You know, a lot of people can see problems, right, in this time. There's a lot of problems. Or we can see opportunity. You know, with us not meeting in a physical lo location this Sunday, we are now on Facebook, YouTube, and we are going to reach more people via technology today. We're taking advantage of an opportunity to spread the gospel. And I believe 
that good and God is doing good. I love that people are now testifying that they are recovering from this virus. I want to thank you today for tuning in. We're going to go through more Psalm 91. Hey, comment. Let us know if this blessed you. Please share this broadcast because you know what? There are people that need to hear that God's presence is our protection. We love you and we'll keep you updated. Thank you, Passion Life Church, for your faithfulness, for your giving, your serving. We love you and God bless you. Have a great day.